passes James Flanders. And now he's trying to help Memphis catch D'Angelo Williams' team from 2005, the best running team in Memphis history. And Daryl Henderson is going to do that and more. Touchdown, Tigers. 60 yards. Wow. Four yards, five yards, two yards, five yards. All of a sudden, he breaks one. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to episode eight of Prospect Profile. Uh, my name is Lawrence, and uh, today I actually have a special guest with me uh, for the first time in a while. Um, please, uh, I'd like to introduce uh, Nino. Uh, he's uh, also known as uh, I Milk on the Reddit subreddit uh, NFL Draft on Reddit. And so, how are you doing, Nino? I'm doing good. I've been enjoying a lot of great football over the past couple of days, so, and uh, I'm really excited to uh, get into the uh, couple of players that we've got in store for all the good people watching at home. <laughs> oh yeah, oh for sure. Um, yeah, I, I feel like the a couple of the guys we're covering today are, are really like I, I find them some be really really uh, adept uh, to making the the jump to the next level, like for sure, and. Uh, I think one is definitely going to go earlier than the other just based on kind of positional um, reasons, but I think they're both going to be uh, day one, could be day one starters uh, for teams uh, potentially. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I can definitely see that. The I think we've got a couple of pretty instant impact contributors that I think can do a lot of good things in the league for a while if they're used in the right spots. Right. And uh, so the first uh, prospect we're going to be looking at today is um, Memphis's uh, running back, Daryl Henderson. And boy, I, I mean, I tell you, I mean, I'm a, I'm a UConn guy. So, which is a bad thing for me, but like, <laughs> so like I've unfortunately had to watch Henderson rip up my team's God awful mm -hmm. defense. Um <laughs> Got like historically bad defense, um, <laughs> um, all season long. You know, I like I've seen him it, last couple seasons just absolutely yeah. run roughshod over UConn. So I, I guess I can say I've seen Henderson kind of more than some other people that may not watch get to watch a lot of the AAC games. Um, but um, man, I, I I tell you, Henderson just really jumps off the page uh, when I watch him. He's five nine, two hundred, and you, you have to think like. Some people may say, you know, that maybe he's a little undersized, but look at what Philip Lindsay's doing right now at 5'8", 190 yep. and and he, for the Broncos. I, yeah, I think that's a, a very good point. And even when you, you know, turn on games and turn on the film and watch Henderson, he is he may be 5'9", but at 200 pounds, that's built. Yeah, that is he's solid a stocky. Muscle. He's a stocky guy. Uh, you, Absolutely. You look at him, he's kind of built like kind of like sort of like a Kareem Hunt uh sort of body uh he reminds me a little bit when when i look at him and, yeah i think yeah. yeah it's definitely in a similar mode mold even though obviously hunts a little bit bigger at about 511 whereas you know, henderson's a couple inches shorter but regardless i think you make a good point about their similar similarities in terms of their body types and i think that's gonna being able to you know have all of that muscle on Henderson is going to help him transition to the league a lot easier than maybe some other smaller running backs. Yeah. Um, so something, one thing I notice about Henderson is I, I feel like when he, when he takes the handoff, he get, he processes how the play develops at the line of scrimmage very quickly. And he, um, he's able to hit holes with like almost little to no hesitation because of that. And it, he just seems to find that space, uh, constantly yeah he does a, he i agree he does you know from the games that i've seen in both 2017 uh games and 2018 games i he does have some good vision and it you know once he's able to find that hole he's able to just put his foot in the ground and go this dude's speed is incredible especially for you know his frame He's able to, you know, he's not a guy that's always going to go down on first contact, and his speed is just incredible. Oh yeah, and I uh, that's another bullet point for I had. Uh, he's 
he's able to use his body so well to avoid tackles. Uh, he's like a sh- he's a shifty runner. He bounces off guys. He bounces. He goes around guys. He's um he doesn't fear that contact like you said. He's uh he's always willing to take the hit and like kind of get some extra yards. Yeah, especially once he gets to that second level oh. and he's going off against safeties coming downhill or cornerbacks out on the edge. He's gonna go at them and. Uh, more times than not, he's going to go through them once or pat. Once again, read my mind. I had that is another yeah, another thing I had down here. Um, when he hits that second level, it's like forget about bringing him down. He just has that straight line speed and that lateral quickness. He just he's averaging right now on the season um, eight point six yards a carry. I mean that's just that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean it, it doesn't matter. You know what? You know a lot of people might be like, oh, you know. He's not doing it against Power 5 competition, yeah. but 8.6 is impressive against anyone right. because they know who's getting the ball. They know number 8 for Memphis is getting the ball, and no one can stop him. Yeah, and the, and the even more impressive thing is he has sixteen. He, almost, he has just about 1,700 rushing yards on the season and um, uh, 1,985 uh, scrimmage yards, yards for the year, and this is with two other running backs that they use. At Memphis, which is even more crazy to me. I mean, they they basically have like three guys, and he is still able to put up those numbers. Like, imagine what he could have done if there wasn't another couple guys that they really feed the ball to. Yeah, but I think at the same time, it also helps him in a way because it keeps him, you know, a little more fresh than if he was just the bell cow of that offense. So that you know, late into games, you know, deep into the fourth corner, he still has that home run ability. True. With his yeah, speed. That's a good that's a really good point actually. Yeah. And I like that he, he really does catch the ball uh well out of the backfield. Yeah, I think I you know, he doesn't Memphis doesn't have him running a lot of I guess it's not a lot of, you know complicated routes in a sense, or it's not he doesn't have like a huge route tree, but He's definitely a reliable option out of the backfield for catching the ball. He looks like he's a pretty natural hands catcher, and that's something that that's a trait that I feel bodes very well into translating to the NFL level. Right. Yeah. And I I this I see that too with him. He just he catches with he looks he's able to like look back for the ball. Um, he tracks the ball well. He runs solid routes. He has reliable hands. And that that's like a big thing going to the next level. I mean, can you can you make those plays? Those turn those little those little flare you know little flares out of the backfield into something something special exactly and that and that'll certainly add to his value as potentially a three down back or you know a back that is able to provide you know e- even if he's in you know a fairly talented crowded running back room he's still going to be able to go out there and prove his own worth on, you know, first, second, or third down, whenever he's used. Right, right. Yeah, I, I just, I really, there's a lot of positives to like about Henderson, and uh, I, I really could see him being one of the top running backs in his class uh, just because of all, like, the, the things he does, he does so many things well, and I don't think he's, like, a one-dimensional back that, like you said, he, I think he can be a three-down back for sure. Yeah, I think especially, you know, seeing how how much Philip Lindsay has done for Denver's offense, you know, it might make teams a little less hesitant to, you know, take a chance on a guy like Darrell Henderson, who might not have the the prototypical measurements of a lot of starting running backs that get, you know, a significant amount of touches, but this, you know, the success of a guy like Philip Lindsay might, you know, make teams in the third round go, okay, you know, we have a chance to take him or, you know, let's say, I don't know, maybe a Karan Higdon or Elijah Holyfield. And if they need someone with speed in the backfield, they might, you know, say, hey, you know, Henderson might, might be only 5'9", but we think we can, you know, put him in our offense and get a lot out of him. Let's take him. Right. And – I do, but I do. There's like a few things I saw with him that are like a little concerning, but not. I, I wouldn't say um, terribly concerning. But the one that, that I think that kind of stuck out to me, he, I do see he tends to on, run upright a bit. Uh, yes, he he doesn't really run with that lower pad level 
and I think that's going to give him some some fumble uh, problems at times. And uh, I, I, my main like comparison there is like Alex Collins for the for the Ravens does the mm-hmm. same 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 thing, and um, he kind of he he's kind of just stands he stands up right he's running like it's um he just yeah he just doesn't yeah, like it's, get low he's i i was very interested to hear what you were going to think about this because i felt the same way when watching him was that you know he's a pretty upright runner especially for someone that's not that he's not like 62 yeah, he's so compact. Running up right. Yeah. He's still low to the, you know, he's 5'9", but he's not, he's still an upright runner. And, you know, that might, I think for me, that raises a little bit concerns about breaking through, you know, tackles at the line of scrimmage when mm. these NFL defensive tackles and defensive ends are throwing out arms to try and get arm tackles while being blocked. And if he's running upright, is he going to be able to, really go through those and get some, you know, yards after contact, or is he just going to go down on first contact? Yeah, exactly. I, 100% agree with you. I said that's what I had down. I think it's going to be harder for him to find some of that daylight in between the tackles in the NFL because of his shorter stature and and the way he runs, and I don't think he's going to be able to push those piles as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that also, worries me. Yeah, I think that's a valid concern and something that he'll have to get used to, you know, playing with a little bit lower center of gravity when he runs. I also felt that, I also feel like his upright running style leads to a lack of fluidity in terms of, you know, changing directions, Mm. stopping on a dime and, you know, quick jukes. And I feel like a lot of explosive short area quickness, change of direction, change of direction, quickness, things that some people might think he has because he is so fast in terms of, you know, straight line speed and getting through a hole. But I feel, I felt like he was a little bit stiff as a runner. Hmm. That's a, that's a valid point. I I actually can see, I kind of see that what what you mean by that. And yeah, I I think he does have like, he's quick. He's quick even from side to side. He has lateral quickness and he has that straight line speed. But I think you are right in that. And how he runs, I think sometimes he won't be able to make that. You know what some of the guys miss. You know in that in that sort of way, you want him to. Yeah, because when I when I watch him, you know it's very clear he has an abundance of athletic ability. I don't think anyone doubts that. But I just wonder about you know his stiffness in the way he runs. I didn't see many dynamic change of direction moves from Henderson when I watched him. And I just think that that's something that he'll need to do against, you know, we talked about getting to the second level Mm. and against linebackers and safeties that are, you know, more sure tacklers in the league. He's going to need moves to be able to shake them and then, you know, burst up speed and use his, you know, great, Long speed to his advantage. It's funny because hit those like, home run plays. It, for me, like I, I think he's like the polar opposite of the guy I already covered on an earlier episode, and that would be David Montgomery from Iowa State. Where I think David Montgomery does have that ability to like, he just he's low he's low he runs lower to ground. He makes guys miss. He's so elusive and. Uh, but like he doesn't have that quite that like second level burst mm-hmm. that yeah. Henderson has, so it's like he's kind of like the other like the on the other end of the spectrum regarding running yeah. backs, and, and it's in, I, it's interesting. They're just like two very different runners, and I kind of like I like some both things from like two both guys, but I also like have some of those worries for both guys as well. Yeah, I mean I agree. They're two really polar opposite archetypes in a sense that as you said you know Montgomery is a you know guy with just unbelievable contact balance he and he's got a lot of that you know a little bit of shiftiness and you know a lot of that as you said elusiveness whereas you know Daryl Henderson is just a home run hitter this dude once he gets once he gets just a little bit of daylight, he's going to use that straight line speed to his advantage. And that's something that David Montgomery doesn't quite have. Right. 
Yeah, and the the one last thing I, I did have for um, Henderson was that you know obviously the competition level it hasn't been great. Uh, I mean, they, and the, obviously the people are going to say the same thing about like Ed Oliver as well, the AAC, and um, I mean, but at the same time, like it's it. He, you know, he is do, he's doing this against like some good player. The AAC doesn't have like bad players. I don't want to like because there are some good teams in the AAC. No, it's it's a good conference. It's a good conference. You got teams like you know UCF, Cincinnati with Fickle is on the rise. Yeah, uh, Memphis is very good. Houston's very very good in terms of, you know, college programs. It's, I, I agree, you know, UCF has been, you know, didn't quite have the year that they wanted this year, but last year they were very, very good, and I think they could, you know, continue to be good, you know, in 2019 and on. So I, I agree. It's The AAC is not a slouch conference by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. So I, I know I, obviously people are going to have some questions about that, I think, with him. But, I, I mean, I, at the same time, you've seen a lot of small school backs be able to to make the adjustment on the next level and uh, with not a lot of problems. So I think that's a, that's a really a minor thing that I, I had down. But um, I also said, you know, can with his size, can he be the every down back? You know, can, cause I obviously with Memphis, they kind of rotate the backs out. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, and so you wonder if like, is he going to be able to manage that load? Yeah, I think, I think that's a pretty valid concern, but I think also, we're seeing in the NFL a little bit of shift toward, uh, you know, having multiple running backs that can specialize in different things. And I think that's something that where, you know, having a bell cow isn't quite what it meant, you know, in eras prior, even though it's still, you know, something that teams are going to covet. Oh yeah, I agree. And I like, I, with the, like watching the Browns, like, you, know, you see like how they use Nick Chubb and then they use Duke Johnson and you know, they mix they mix things up a little bit there and you know Duke's kind of the change of pace guy and then you have Chubb and and they had Hyde at one point you know before mm-hmm. they they traded him too so it's yeah you're right and that's the kind of the where the NFL is headed right now and as much as Philip Lindsay like for the Broncos again like he as he's been doing it you know obviously they use Royce Freeman a lot too they, yeah they use Devonte Booker even so. You, it, you're right, and the NFL is kind of headed toward that way, and I think it, he'll, he will be able to get into one of those rotations and could be, like, the main guy in that rotation. But mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all, about, it's all about getting guys that, you know, you at, especially, you know, thinking about where Henderson is going to get taken, where you're looking at probably – you know, late day two, early day three, you want to find guys that can specialize in a certain role when you're looking at that part of the draft. And I think Henderson can do that. Yep, I 100% agree. I, I can see him going in those mid-rounds and be like a like a really good steal and yet another like running back taken in those mid-rounds that really ends up produ- outproducing where he was drafted. And... um it, that just seem, kind of seems to be the norm now for running backs. I mean, it's just like you look at it. I mean, like I said, with Lindsey undrafted, Josh Adams undrafted. I mean, it, it's you could find these guys. They're there. Yeah, they're out there. Mm-hmm. And um, absolutely, there's an abundance of them, and you just got to look and and find really who suits your offense the best. And I, th- I think Henderson, if he ends up in the right system, he's going to do some damage. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Anyway, we're going to move to next to the defensive side of the ball. And the next guy we're going to be covering is a little more of a, I guess you could say, a high-profile prospect. Um, and that is uh, Mac Wilson, the uh, inside linebacker for Alabama. Uh, 6'2", 239, uh, from what I've seen online. And uh, what, what do you think about Mac Wilson in general? <laughs> Let me tell you, Lawrence, I absolutely love Mac Wilson. I think he's going to be a very good linebacker for a very long time. I love the traits that I love the physical traits that he'll be able to bring from day one to a team probably picking in the top 20 to top 15 in uh, the draft come April, 2019. I think he's got a lot of good things that perfectly fit today's NFL. I, I agree. 
Um, I agree in a sense. Uh, I think he's a guy that has some absolutely fantastic uh, things you see on film. But there's also um, a couple things that I, I saw that I think he's a guy that's going to need to be reined in a little bit by a, by a, a coach on the next level. Mm-hmm. Because I think if you don't, you risk having him become a an over-aggressive um, and undisciplined type of player. Yeah. That's and what I, I see that, with Mac Wilson. Yeah, I think that's... I I definitely see some of that, but I, I, I want to address that with two parts. I think the first part is that I would always I would much rather tell someone to rein it in than to have someone oh, that's, yes, not yes. Go, that's not going far enough. Oh, 100% agree. Oh, yeah. I mean, no doubt. No, no. I think another important thing to consider is that this is his first year of being the 100% starter. Because last year, you had Sean Dion Hamilton playing next to Rashawn Evans. Oh, that's right. Yes. So Mac wasn't, you know, even though Dion Hamilton was, you know, in and out with injury, Mac Wilson wasn't getting all of those reps consistently at inside linebacker. So I think that, you know, when you, you know, when, People are gonna, you know, have reports and, you know, gonna tweet all their thoughts about Mac Wilson. A lot of things that are gonna come up, uh, you know, for the people listening at home. A lot of the, one of the major, you know, things that he's gonna have to work on is, you know, you're gonna see instincts, mental processing in the run game, and I think that's something that, while it is, you know, something that he needs to work on, he's still a he's still a young linebacker to playing a high level, you know, a high caliber. Uh, level of football, and I think just as he gains more reps and as he gains more experience, that's going to come with, with time. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. Uh, but the things I do see that Wilson does do well, I'm going to address that first because the the good things are very very good. Um, uh, best coverage linebacker I've seen on film so far. Oh yeah. Um, out of all the, a lot of the college games I've seen this year, and just in general highlight reels I've seen. I this guy plays incredible coverage for his position. I am stunned at like how well he covers in in zone. It's like he just is a very instinctual player. Um, yeah, he always seemed to just be in the right place uh, in coverage. It what they do a lot. I notice what Bama does a lot with him is they will fake like he's gonna rush the passer, and then he drops right into coverage. Yeah, with uh, Alabama does a lot of great things on defense, and one of them is that you know with guys you know as versatile as Mac Wilson, they're able to disguise what he's going to do in terms of blitzing or dropping into coverage a lot. And he's just such a natural. I think what helps him a lot in coverage is that he's a very naturally fluid athlete. So dropping into coverage, moving in space is absolutely no trouble for him. And it's super impressive that not only is he doing it at that position, but he's also like 6'2", 240, I believe. And at that size, at that size, that is really, really impressive. Yeah, I even saw him uh, catch a touchdown on offense. I forgot, was it it this year or last year? I I think it might have been last year. but he, he, they even threw him in there on a series on offense and caught a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. The guy's just a yeah. hell of an athlete. Uh, Absolutely. I think he had an interception, I think it was against Old Miss this year, where it was you know a low throw or something like that, and he just dives full extension oh, for I it, see. and he's able to easily make the play, and it's just... Yeah, and I coverage saw that. the guy's incredible. Yeah, I saw that uh, that play as well. He had four picks last year. He had he has two this year, and uh, it it's pretty that's pretty impressive for for a linebacker. I mean, it, it, and I think that, that is like for me, a linebacker that can play coverage. Like I, you already jumped up my list. Like mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm an NFL coach, I'm looking at a guy that's like okay, I can rely on this guy to be on the field on every down because he yeah. can cover I you know there's yeah. certain linebackers they can they can cover run you know or they're good pass rushing guys but they just cannot cover a worth a damn downfield so you can't really have them on the field all the time reliably this guy is different in the fact that he can cover so well and drop into coverage just like the way he does he has a nose for the ball 
And uh, I, I, just, I really like that about him. I think that's his most positive trait uh, from what I've it seen is. so far. I, I think it's going to be, you know, apart from his overall size and athleticism, probably in terms of, you know, technical football skills, probably his most translatable trait to the NFL. And I think, as you said, um, as personally as a Steelers fan, um, I've watched a lot of Ryan Shazier over the years and his ability to play all three downs and be just an absolute terror in coverage um, and seeing the drop-off between Shazier in coverage and the guy like John Bostic mm. in coverage mm-hmm. where, you know, Bostic is, you know, he's not, he's just not the athlete Shazier is. He's not as comfortable in space. He's a lot better, you know, go, sorting through the mud in the run game as opposed to covering tight ends and running backs out in space, whereas Shazier could run with anyone at, you know, anywhere from 230 to 240 pounds for Shazier's size. And I think Mac Wilson brings a lot of similar traits in terms of being able to cover all different positions, whether, you know, he's big enough where I think he'll be able to cover tight ends, and I think he's a good enough athlete in space where he'll be able to cover running backs and at the very least, you know, not allow, you know, many yards after catch, if at all, in coverage. I think in today's NFL, it's like a must for a linebacker to be able to do that. I, I, I really, I, th- I think that's so important. Um, just the way the game has changed and the athletes that play the game, I think you need to be able to do that as a linebacker to be relied upon uh, as a significant starting option. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, you look at all the blue chip middle linebackers in today's NFL and that's what they can do. They have that versatility. And I think, you know, personally, I think Mac Wilson is a blue chip linebacker prospect and he could eventually, you know, due to a lot of the flashes of versatility that he's shown at Alabama, that he could get to that level. I agree. Um, so another thing, uh, frightening hit, hitting power, frightening hitting power. Um, He's nicknamed Mac for a reason. <laughs> he is – some of these hits he's laying on guys are just uh, – I mean, holy Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm like I, – I felt uh, some of those hits, and, I, uh, and I'm not even – I'm not even on the field that I felt some of those. <laughs> holy cow, dude. I, I mean, I, I've never – I have not seen a linebacker hit like that in quite some time. Uh, he is just brutal out there. When he's able to – you know, I – identify the ball carrier and shoot a gap and lay the wood on a running on a poor running back. Ooh, he's going to be a, a hor- horrific guy to see on a special teams coverage play. Oh God. Yeah. If he, <laughs> the things that, yeah, I mean, you know, if you put, it's just such a rare, like, as you said, in special teams too, if you opt to put him out there, that's just, Oh man! Which, which I definitely think is is likely as you know being a rookie, you're usually you're usually out yeah. there on special teams, mm-hmm. and yeah, if he, he's gonna lay some guys out, and it's gonna it's gonna be bad. <laughs> it's gonna hurt. He's gonna yeah. hurt some people. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he brings the and I love that about linebackers and you know or linebackers or you know special teams players or guys that can you know lay the wood and bring that kind of energy to your team because it really galvanizes your whole defense, galvanizes your whole team. It gives them the extra spark when you really, you know, right. lay the thunder on a guy. Yeah. Uh, I am going to say, though, there is that also is going to – I'm going to leapfrog off that point to a concern I have about that, though, because that's what I was kind of talking about with the over-aggressiveness, but I will get to that in a minute. Uh, I also think he's a pretty good wrap-up tackler when he wants to be keyword what he wants to be yeah and that's a lot of that is due to him wanting to lay the wood on a lot of guys and sometimes i think he loses that form uh at times and can take some questionable angles to the ball yeah i think i agree you know you always that wants to bring that kind of energy but he's got to know when to pick his spots because you know they'll especially playing you know at such at like that kind of connector spot between the first and second you know between the line of scrimmage and the secondary 
you know, if you if you don't wrap up and you miss a tackle, that ball carrier or receiver is going to go, you know, 10-plus yards for a really big play. And all of a sudden, you're putting your defense in a really bad situation if you're a guy that is too over-aggressive and you're missing a lot of tackles. Yeah, I think it just leads to sometimes like an over-pursuit as well, like he'll over-pursue a play uh, for that reason. Yeah, I I think it, I think you especially see that against the run because you know you talked about how good his coverage instincts are. I think you know a lot of his instincts against the run are you know there's a lot you know there's some maturity that is going to need to occur in the in the NFL and you know some growth in terms of you know diagnosing when to you know, stay solid and when to, you know, rev up that engine and go after guys. Absolutely. hundred um, percent. What another thing I think he does really well is I think he sets the edge well. And I think he reads the, he reads where the play is going well. And he also, he covers sideline to sideline, uh, can cover the run play sideline to sideline. Yeah. He's a guy that he's got that kind of, you know, special athletic ability where he's, He's never, he's never, it feels like he's never really out of a play because of his range. And that's something that not a lot of linebackers have. Yeah, it's exactly, it's that, it's that athletic ability. It's just that versatility he brings. He's able, he's so, he's so able to, to do that. And it it gives him a lot of options, you know, out there. And he's able to make those plays that sometimes other guys can't make. Yeah, it's just, you know, when, you know, a lot of teams nowadays are running a lot of inside zone running and blocking schemes. And, you know, you want to have a linebacker that's going to be able to get over to his gap before uh, an offensive lineman is able to, you know, climb up to that second level and reach him. And I think Matt can do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and but there are another couple things I've seen that I was a little worried about with Wilson. Um, I, at times I I almost see him get flat out stood up by blockers at at the line of scrimmage. Um, he doesn't like really shed his blocks very well. He doesn't disengage from blocks very well. It's like he's good when he's out in open space, but when he has to get by some bigger offensive linemen, I find he struggles with that a lot. Yeah, I feel I feel like it's something that uh, we saw a lot with uh, the top linebackers last year with uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Roquan Smith, where they had this amazing athletic ability, but they just, you know, where as you know, they just didn't really know how to shed blocks consistently, or you know, stack and find the ball carrier. You know, with Roquan, I felt like it had a little bit to do more with size. Uh, but with Tremaine, it was something that I have a very uh, similar concern about in terms of, you know, talking about Mac Wilson. And I think that's a very good point that you bring up. Yeah, it was just like it just sometimes I saw him actually used to get like flat out like pancaked uh, at the line. I'm just like, wow, like you think like a guy with his size, like he's going to be able to compete a little better um, in that aspect. But it's just he I don't know. It's like he kind of folds up when he when he hits the line of scrimmage at times and uh uh, that kind of that kind of concerns me a little bit, uh, for sure. I, I just I think he's like a hell of an athlete that can really cover out in open space, but kind of has that trouble when like, kind of darting inside to make a play. Yeah, I I think there is, uh, you know, during the evaluation process uh, for a lot of NFL teams, that is going to definitely be an area of concern that you know some teams are going to have in terms of okay, if we want to put him as our Mike linebacker or, you know, even our Sam linebacker, is he going to be able to take on blocks? Right. Yeah. And I don't know. It's it just, it kind of seems, it just didn't, he didn't jump, jump off the page for me in that regard when I, when I'd watched him. And I don't know, I, maybe it's something he can, it'll be, it's, you can get coached into him. I'm not sure. It seems like Tremaine Edmonds, you know, is making a pretty big impact, you know, in Buffalo, uh, so far, Roquan Smith, on the other hand, not not so much. So, 
you know, it's it's one of those things I think certain guys can fix, and then certain maybe certain other guys have a little more trouble with. So, well, well, I think with Roquan, you know, not to get too off topic from Mac Wilson, I guess, but you know, with Roquan, they don't really ask him to do something like that that much. That's why they have a guy like Danny Trevathan, who's a more experienced mm. linebacker. He's a bigger linebacker. You know, they they want Trevathan to soak up a lot of that attention from blockers where, you know, Roquan can go out and do his thing in space. And I think, you know, maybe that's something that teams will have Mac Wilson do in the NFL, whether, you know, with Roquan it's in a, you know, Vic Fangio's 3-4 or, um, you know, in a 3-4 defense or something like that, or, you know, in a 4-3 as maybe your, your scheme is, you know, your Sam takes up a lot of blocks and you let your mic roam free or you just stick Mac as your will and you just let him, you know, you know, do his thing in coverage and, you know, you scheme for, you know, I I don't necessarily want to say around him in the run game, but, you know, try and scheme him to get, you know, enough open looks to the ball carrier for Mac as a will linebacker. I might even be crazy even saying this too, but I, I would even if I as a defensive coordinator, I would I would mess around with him at box safety and see how he plays as like a as a like a safety that can drop down and, and make some plays. I think yeah, I think you could do that as you know, have him as you'd probably want to have him as like that third safety, you know, and go in a kind of quasi-dime package, yeah. but with three safeties instead of four corners. You know, if you're going up a lot against a lot of 11 personnel, I think that's something that you could do. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I think he has the coverage ability to be able to do that. I but, think so, too. Yeah. Um, but another thing that I did see um, was that he's not really a big factor in pass rushing situations. I'm not sure if it's a thing where Bama doesn't really ask him to do that or it's it leapfrogs off his ability to not really shed blocks too well and and he just isn't something he does very well. I mean, I think he what has what like one like one sack this year or or something like that. I think yeah, I think it's only, one yeah. sack. He has one sack and that's that's all he's had his whole career. Yeah, I think you know, watching Bama games, I think, you know, you can see that he gets, you know, I think a bit more pressure than, you know, one sack would suggest. Um, they oh. like to, oh yeah, you know, send him. I think, you know, they send him, you know, up, they, they like to have, you know, Raekwon Davis or <laughs> yeah, I was just Quinn gonna, I was just going to say, when you also have, up. like, two beasts, like Quinn and Williams and Raekwon Davis taking a lot of those, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it and, is kind of you know, hard. They, yeah, and and it, and I in you know a few games I've watched this year I'd like to you know go right up the middle on, on like an A gap blitz and you know even if he's not getting sack he's you know creating pressure he's getting the quarterback off his spot and you know he's letting all those other <laughs> talented Alabama defensive linemen do their thing but I think um, a lot of it is that they he's so good in coverage that they that, like, they like to drop him out more right that, yeah that's what that, I was thinking. He's just he's just more valuable as in, in coverage than in blitzing. I feel. Oh yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, I think so too. It's just I, I would have liked to seen a little more, you know, in the terms of that. Like, cause I, I maybe it was more more of just I wish I kind of saw more of his ability yeah. to do that mm-hmm. on film because it just really wasn't there. Yeah, it's like it's you know I think you know when talking about let's say you know, on the topic of running backs, for example, if, you know, maybe they're asked to run the ball a lot, that doesn't necessarily mean that they have, you know, that they can't, you know, be pass catchers out of the backfield. It's just a trait that we haven't really seen. And I feel like with Mac Wilson blitzing, it definitely could be a similar case. Yeah, (laughs) this is actually interesting you say that. Um, A lot of people said the same thing about Nick Chubb. and where it's like, oh, yeah, Nick Chubb can't catch. But Georgia didn't really have him catch. 
Yeah, because you have DeAndre Swift and Sony Michelle. And, and then you see what he did today in the Browns game, the catch he made oh, in the Browns game. Amazing today, which catch. Was, which was just insane. And you go, oh, well, maybe yeah, this guy can catch. catch a little bit. And he also yeah. had a touchdown catch against the Falcons as well. So, yeah, I, I see what you mean on that. And I think and I think that's kind of what I was getting at. Is that I don't I didn't really see it, but I think he can do it. I just don't know if, like, I just don't think Alabama really put him in those situations to make the, make those types of plays. Uh, yeah, in the pass I, rush. Yeah, I think I. Yeah, I think that that's a good kind of you know summarization of you know that part of his game or la- part lack thereof of his game. So, where where do you think you see Wilson going? Like, I mean, I don't know. If you could even say like a team or like even or just a draft position where, where do you where do you see mac wilson going i mean <laughs> what team couldn't you a linebacker like him you know um i see him let, let, i'm taking a look at the order for a sec i mean there you know i see play there i, I could see a team like you know denver depending on the outcome of the steelers denver game you know currently going on um they could I feel like they could use some athleticism at linebacker. You know, let's say Justin Herbert doesn't declare and New- the New York Giants are stuck picking 6-10 to 10 or, mm. you know, past the top three. You know, maybe they're a team that, you know, Alec Ogletree is cool and all, but he's not that, line- you know, he's not that type of dynamic linebacker in space. Maybe the Giants go, you know, really like the athletic tools that, uh, Wilson brings. I think, you know, you look at a team like Green Bay, uh, I like, you know, I've heard a lot of good things about Warren Burks. Uh, Blake, Mart- Blake Martinez is nice against the run, but, uh, you know, Mac would add so much in coverage for them. I think, you know, Cleveland, depending on maybe what they do with, uh, you know, Scobert or, yeah, I think, I think you can attest to this more, you know, depending on if things happen with Jamie Collins or if they want to just add some more uh, athleticism at that spot to, you know, be able to contest with, you know, you're looking at, you know, some of these tight ends in the division. Um, Obviously Eifert's hurt, but you got guys like, you know, Vance McDonald McDonald and Jesse James for the Steelers, uh, Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews for the Ravens. That's a lot of uh, talent at tight end. And, you know, if the, if uh, Cleveland wanted someone to uh, be able to match up with that talent, Mac Wilson might be the guy to do that. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, their linebacker play has been absolutely atrocious this year. Uh, Vontez Burfitt has probably had the worst year of his career in terms of, you know, at least the eye test. I mean, I remember watching the first Steelers game this year. Burfitt missed a lot of tackles. He looked, you know, a step and a half slow. They Mac Wilson to Cincinnati is really, really what's in, what the Bengals need to uh, help reclaim that defense. Um, so I think, you know, you're really looking at any spot, you know, in terms of, you know, the first 15 to 20, I think would be solid, a solid spot for Mac Wilson to go to because I think he has a lot of traits that not a lot of teams have at linebacker. Yeah, um... I think with the Browns, um, it, it's it's interesting. I, I, I it's like I say yeah, I say like a yes and no on that um, because Schobert is fantastic. I mean, he he is a Pro Bowl linebacker. Um, he he can cover pretty well. He does a lot of thing other things well. So I'm not really worried about Joe Schobert. You got to remember too, Chris Kirksey is is out injured and he's been. Um, a pretty darn good linebacker for us. Yeah. Um it's it's a pretty good it's a pretty good linebacker core. It really is. Like I Collins, I like Collins. Collins I, though well, is he's the thing with Jamie Collins. It's it's a not an ability thing. It's an effort thing. Mm-hmm. And um it, it's a, some games he's like all there and then some games it's like wh- what are you doing? And mm-hmm. and that's what the thing I think I could definitely see them trading Jamie Collins at some point. Uh, getting that large contract out of there, and yeah. then you know, then if that happens, then I think the door's open for him. I think yeah. they, they could definitely make that pick there. I know who I'd want, but I don't think he's going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's uh, 
Quentin Williams would probably be gone by that yeah. point. That's the guy I, I, yeah, I think. And... Uh, I, th- I think you've won too many games for that. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 they're actually doing too well for that to, right now. So honestly, but, that's that's why I'm, uh, you know, I'm pretty happy for Cleveland because I do the last thing I want to see is Ed Oliver, or Quentin Williams lined up next to Miles Garrett. And Larry As a Steelers fan, I do not want to see that at all. And Larry Ogunjobi. <laughs> yeah, and you got Ogunjobi who's uh, doing really good at, uh, at in the interior as a one tech. Yeah, you know, he, it's oh, just causing t- terror on guys. Yeah, I mean, and you got another piece there, and it's just like you know that would be something else uh, to add. One of those guys yeah. uh, would be would be amazing. Uh, but yeah, I think I could definitely see Wilson if since he's there. I, I don't see how they pass him up. I agree. I mean, I there they look at their defense today. It was just I it was horrendous watching that that defense play. Um I know they have injuries. I get it, but you have to have depth behind even those guys and they don't have any any depth whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, their linebackers were consistently getting beaten in coverage consistently by by Njoku had a big game today. I mean, the slot guys, you know, when they lined guys up in the slot, they just couldn't stop them. And uh, yeah. at all, they just couldn't cover inside, and uh, there's a lot of problems there. And Bertley are right, perfect. Is just um, he he's injured really. He's been hurt. Uh, he's not what he was. Um, you know, he was he had, had four games off because of a suspension. Cause yeah. Cut because he's a bonehead mm-hmm. and um, cannot keep his um, head straight. Um, <laughs> in regards yeah. to like not being a bonehead <laughs> when playing. <laughs> Um, yeah, and yeah, I just think that would be a yeah, good, definitely a, a big spot, a good spot. I mean, I, yeah. I think uh, since he could absolutely use a guy like Mac Wilson, it's a start. I mean, they need more than that. I'll tell you that yeah. much. But uh, that would be a that would be a big big time pick for them. Yeah, that and I mean, you know, if they take him, all of a sudden you're like Gino on the inside. They've got a host of you know young defensive ends like you know Wasson and Willis and Hubbard, who I thought was an absolute steal in the third round last year. You got Bates on the back end, who I, yeah. I was really hoping the Steelers would take him, but uh, we got uh, Terrell Edmonds, and I'm that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One of my uh, Steelers friends that's, hated that pick, hated that pick when yeah, uh, I, uh, they made it. I did too, um, but that's a rant for another day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and then William Jackson – as you know, he's emerged as their number one outside corner. So you know, as you said, uh, they they do need you know more help on the defensive end, but they have some pieces and they need an infusion of athleticism at linebacker. And if Mac Wilson's there, at, you know, right now they're picking fifteen. I imagine they're probably going to finish around five hundred. Uh, to be honest, so you're looking at you know anywhere from like you know maybe you know twelve or thirteen to you know, 16 or 17. If Mac Wilson's in that range, I don't think there's any way they'd pass on him. They'd be insane, too. Yeah, oh, I 100%, 100% agree. Um, yeah, that, that's that's about it on Mac Wilson. I mean, the guy the guy can cover. He, you know, he's a, he's a force in the run game, you know, and he hits, he's a hard hitter. And you know, I just think he's just going to have to, Rain rain that in a little bit sometimes when when making plays and just making the smart play instead of the the highlight real play at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot to like about him. A lot to like about him. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that that's about gonna do it for the show today. Uh, we had, we I think the the guy, couple guys we covered, like I said, are just are gonna be very very much uh, in the mix to be day one starters in the NFL. Um, with Henderson, I mean, his ability to uh, explode when he hits that second level is, is probably might be the best in this class, to be honest. And uh, from what I've seen, and then you have a guy like Mac Wilson who just can cover um, everywhere in where so many teams need athletic linebackers now. Uh, he he's going to start day one for anybody I think who who picks him in that first round. Yeah. But um, that's gonna about to do it. I think so too. Today, though, um, so you could follow um the prospect profile uh Twitter at prospect prof, um P R O F, and then you can also follow us on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Just search up uh, prospect profile, and you can uh 
find us there as well. Um, we're, we are also on iTunes by searching Prospect Profile. We also have the link to the direct uh, iTunes feed on that um, on the Twitter as well. We also are on Podbean at prospectprofile.podbean.com. And um, Nino, uh, where can we find you uh, or in like any plugs or anything you're working on in regards to the draft or anything that you're um, doing so, that you want to plug? So, uh, you know, I, as uh, Lauren said at the beginning of the show, you can find me on Reddit. Uh, my username is I or under or lowercase I uh, underscore milk. Um, I'm going to have, uh, I've got, you know, something, you know, with what, with the rival rivalry week, uh, in the books, I'm going to be having, uh, a breakdown of the game between, uh, Ohio state and that team up North. Uh, I'm thinking, uh, probably Dwayne Haskins is a huge day, uh, 19 for 30, uh, over 300 yards, five touchdowns against, you know, what was going in the number one defense in the country in terms of yardage, uh, probably in terms of talent, a top five defense in the, in the nation. Uh, I, I want to, you know, dive in, uh, and, uh, see how he, you know, how Haskins, you know, did, you know, did his magic against the, uh, Wolverines defense. So, you know, you're someone that follows my work, expect that to come, uh, in the, in the, uh, coming week. And, uh, I'll, have more stuff when it comes to bowl season and, you know, I'm sure have something for a conference championship game, probably between Alabama and Georgia. I'll be uh, looking to, you know, pick some, pick you know, a number of guys to pick from, from that game, but that's one that's going to feature a lot of talent and I'll probably want to get into, but you know, I'll, I'm sure to have a bunch of stuff from championship week, uh, you know, get some stuff from rivalry week too. And, uh, other than that, I uh, hoped everyone listening enjoyed the show because I certainly had a blast being on. Thank you so much for having me on, Lawrence, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do this soon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you were a treat to have. Uh, you you're, you clearly have fantastic insight into this. Uh, I really, really, really enjoyed doing the show with you. And uh, I'm actually look, really looking forward to seeing your more of like your game uh, breakdowns. I, I really enjoy those a lot. I think it's a really good way to um, not just like – you know, get individual prospects, but kind of see the whole big picture of like what happened in, in, in a game and like certain situations and what guys did in certain situations well and what certain guys didn't do well. And I, I just really, really enjoy that. So I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. And definitely looking forward to having you on again at some point soon. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, thank you everybody for listening. Once again, uh, Look for episode nine to be out at some point next week. Um, and this episode should be dropping pretty soon uh, within the next day or so. So thank you again for listening. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you later.